Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Great to have you here with me. I want to dive right in with a story that I was told just this past week by somebody who was there. Uh, it turned out that one of the men who flew the Enola Gay, uh, which is one of the airplanes that delivered the atomic bombs at the end of World War II, was asked to speak at a school. And when he was introduced, the teacher introduced him as having fought in World War XI. And the reason was, of course, she was reading the Roman numerals too, but she did not know to correct it. So she went on with the introduction of this man uh, and and introduced him uh, repeatedly saying World War XI, World War XI, never catching the fact that there has been no World War XI or 10 or 9 or 8, uh, and that what she was reading was the standard designation for World War II. The man who was the pilot of the Enola Gate got up and walked out. Uh, refused to stay. Now, I'm not sure I would have handled it that way, but the point is that the, the overriding principle here is that we have incredible ignorance of the past in our generation. I spoke at a, a university here not long ago, asked for how many history students there were because that was my major in college and I was having fun with the students. There was just one that year at a university of thousands and thousands of students. One. Now, there were a lot of international studies students. There were a lot of leadership studies students. There were a lot of all these other topics that have taken over uh, history, but there was absolutely one history student. And I think that this is increasing as a trend. You know that it's actually possible to get a college degree now without actually taking an American history class. Uh, I'll fight those battles some other time. My point right now is that our ignorance of history is uh, causing some old ideas to return to our national discussion, our national debates, and it gives us an opportunity. I, I know it's irritating. Uh, I know it's frustrating, but uh, it's nevertheless uh, something that gives us an opportunity. Uh, there's a young congresswoman from New York, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Um, Ocasio, I believe is how they say it, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She's young. She's pretty. She's been on Vogue, uh, in Vogue magazine, um, and she leans quite leftward. So she is helping. She's actually the rising star of this current class of Congress. Um, she exceeds even Nancy Pelosi in, in, in social media attention. Uh, everything she does gets a lot of attention because she's kind of a, a combination of model and politician and, and uh, not taking anything away from her, but uh, she certainly is commanding attention these days. Well, she leans so much to the left that she's proposing ideas that really many people are designating as socialism. She's even said she is a socialist. She's even said what's wrong with socialism. And so it raises a question that all of us need to be answering. And for those of us who are incensed by what I just said, those of us who are you know, free market conservatives, lean more traditional, uh, lean more traditional of open markets, open borders, et cetera, uh, then uh, in the sense of markets and, and goods passing over borders, then uh, we 
we can be furious about what she's saying, but but I want to put a different light on it. I want to put a different cast on it and say that the challenge of today is not just vilifying uh, this woman, who, by the way, since her name's so long, people just call her AOC, um, not just vilifying her, not just vilifying others who lean leftward, Bernie Sanders and other others uh, in our national government, but being ready to give an answer. You know, in the Bible that I read, uh, I'm told about my faith that I should be ready to give a reason for the hope that's within me. And that word reason in the original Greek means to give a rational defense, to give, a, give something that makes sense to the mind. And I think we've had emotional attachments to traditional American ideas. We, we've, we've sort of been uh, believers in free markets. We've sort of been believers in some form of capitalism. But have we actually made, do we actually understand these systems? Do we actually understand the terms that we use? Uh, do we actually understand what we're saying? And can we make an apologetic? Can we give a reason for what we believe? Surveys show that millennials today uh, regard the word socialism as largely positive. If you survey a bunch of, a bunch of millennials, you're likely to get about 60, 70% who believe that socialism's not a bad term. Well, do they know anything about socialism? Do they know about the history of socialism? Do they know what's happened in various countries as we've moved more socialist? Um, they're approaching socialism and even neo-Marxism as though it's a new idea, as though it's something that's just come into history, as though it came in with the most recent class of Congress. Um, the, the reality is that these are old ideas. These have been tested. They have been, in many cases, found wanting. But the question I want to put to you, because I have a lot of leaders who listen to this podcast, and I'm, of course, thrilled to have you here, but can you articulate the reason you believe in these things? Can you influence those around you? Can you make a case against socialism? Can you make a rational case? Uh, and do you understand the issues of today in the sense of the the neo the neo socialism that's on the rise? Um, I hear a lot of sort of knee jerk, instantaneous anger at some of these new, more left-leaning ideas, uh, I, I want to say that we're in a new day of politics. We're in a new day of governance. We're in a new day of philosophy. And what's gonna, what always carries the future is a, is a gentle blend of the old and the new, the left and the right. I've said many times in this podcast that I'm slightly right of center. I'm a bit more of a moderate. I'm not hard right, certainly not hard left. Um, I'm slightly right of center. And that normally what dominates government, despite all the rhetoric and all the wing nuts yelling and screaming uh, is something that's centrist, is something that's moderate. For example, I don't really buy into most of what AOC is saying, Mrs. Ms. Ocasio-Cortez, um, but I will say that she is right on campaign finance reform. So, so here's an area where I agree with her. Uh, she's doing a lot to try to expose some of the corruption that's crept in, some of the bad rulings and bad policies that govern uh, campaign financing. It's, it really is a very corrupt system. She's trying to expose that. That's an area where I agree with her. Now, her desire to tax the wealthy at a 70% rate, her lack of understanding of how taxation is the power to destroy, her lack of understanding of, of, of how the, the wealthy tend to uh, fund things, how there tends to be an impact on the broader society, uh, how risk is an economic factor that, that has been studied carefully by economists, and it's, it's people of wealth who take the risks that tend to engine society forward. Um, these kinds of ideas, they, they they, she's not adept at those, but, but we need to be. 
We need to be able to say, hey, you're doing well on these issues, but, but let, me make a, let me make a counter case. I'll have to tell you that one of the things that bothers me the most in D.C. is that very few conservatives can make a case for what they believe. Very rarely can they make an apologetic. Very rarely can they explain it over a hamburger or on an elevator ride up you know, a couple of dozen floors. Uh, very rarely do they have the brief, brief pithy, smart clear, uh, worldview-changing language to explain to people what they believe and why. It's not enough just to cling to traditional values. It's not enough just to tout that's the way grandma did it. It's not enough just to talk about Adam Smith and and capitalism. Uh, You've got to have better language than that. You've got to put it in modern terms. You've got to show what works and what doesn't. You've got to know your history. And so most conservatives, I'll have to say, don't have much appeal because they are not unlike that teacher who talked about World War XI. They, they don't seem to have an ability to make the case. So left-leaning ideas sound all new and trendy and compassionate when, for the most part, they've been tried and found wanting. Now, we do need new ideas. We do need to reform conservatism. We, we do need new uh, free market ideas. But uh, if, if indeed uh, a free market does create the fairest society, the most open society, a true free market, uh, not the kind of corrupt free market we tend to have today, uh, then we need to make a case for that. And we need to lobby for it. And we need to defend it. And we need to articulate it. And we need to give an apologetic for what we believe. Otherwise, uh, people like AOC, a smart woman but not well-versed in these things, will come in with a suggestion, for example, that you tax the wealthy. 70%. And there will be a destruction of, of society to a, to a degree, of course, and, and no one will stand against it. She sounds great to those who don't know their history. She sounds great to those who don't know their heritage. She sounds great to those who have largely been educated in our modern liberal universities and rarely heard a conservative thought articulately expressed. Instead, when they hear conservatism, it's always mixed in with some kind of racism or mixed in with some kind of greed or corruption. That's the way it tends to be presented today. So what I want to challenge you to do is to know why you believe, what you believe, and make a case for it. Left-leaning ideas are gaining currency today largely because the right is inarticulate and, in some cases, silent. They just know that traditions are going away. Well, it's not enough just to bemoan traditions in our generation. You have to give a reason for what you believe. So I'm going to be talking about this more in future podcasts. I'm going to be recommending some reading, but it's time for the smart young, articulate conservatives, not just to beat up the other side, not just to cuss at them, not just to go, as some have chosen to do, almost neo-Nazi in the way they express themselves, but to take the grand traditions of the Western culture, the grand successful traditions of free markets and rule of law and separation of powers and all of those concepts that have made nations great and re-articulate them to a new generation. That's the battle we have now. We'll talk about this more in the podcast to come. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, 
Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.